Welcome to the Redeemer Coast podcast. Our prayer is that this message will inspire hope, build your faith, and encourage you with God's purposes for your life. sort of come from the land of fool's gold. This is reality here. It's beautiful. And uh, everything Catherine said is true. We've, we've done the hard yards in pioneering. And uh, Bible college is a great place to prepare for the call of God. But I tell you what, nothing shows you what's in your heart like life will reveal what you really do believe. It's good in Bible school. You think you're bulletproof and you come out and you, you are, but you have to exercise what you've learned. You've got a lot of knowledge in you and um, the devil will make sure or life will just make sure that you locate, you, you'll be located exactly where you are and particularly when you step out and move into the territory that God has for you. But the battle is the Lord's. Aren't you glad about that? All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning for Redeemer Coast Church. We thank you, Lord, for the leadership here. We thank you, Lord, for the wisdom that you've given this company of people. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for the Father's heart here. We thank you, Lord, for the blood of Jesus that covers this place. We thank you, Lord, for life in this church. We thank you, Father, for the word that is preached here every week. We thank you, Lord, that this is a great church. It's not just a stopover, it's a home. And we thank you for it. We thank you for the pastors and all the people in Jesus' precious and wonderful name. Amen. Uh, I like what Grant said, talking about creation and how the, the earth was void and dark and, and the Holy Spirit was, was over the earth. But, you know, nothing happened till the word of God was spoken. And, and, and it's interesting, I mentioned to Grant this morning, the scripture I love is what Jesus said about man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds forth from the mouth of God. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds forth from the mouth of God and therein is the activity of the Spirit released in our lives. And um, I, I just find, for example, Adam listened to a voice other than what he was... In, in, inside of each human heart, uh, is we're hardwired to hear his voice. There's a desire in us to hear his voice. And yet in the heart of man, because of Adam, there's the, the, the ignoring that voice and listening to a stranger's voice. But deep down in every human heart is a longing to hear what he says. Because we're wired for it. We were made by him. We were shaped in his image. We're a unique and precious people. And how precious are we? Well, I'm glad you asked that question because it's sometimes when you grow up in a Christian home, you can be complacent in your faith. Jesus died on the cross and you yawn sometimes because you've heard it over and over and over again. But, you know, the reason he died on the cross is because you're worth something. The reason the enemy came into the Garden of Eden to take the authority that God gave Adam is because Adam's worth something. You're the prize. You are. 
We, we're in church making him the prize, but he's making us the prize. He's, he's made you and I the prize so much so that he came and put on a human, human body, human flesh, lived as a man, walked among men, will always be the, the God-man. He'll never be the God-spirit, the, the one who comes from the Father and, and is wrapped in his heavenly clothing. He will always have his earth suit for eternity. He will always identify with us. And I want to talk a little bit about that this morning because, um, you know, we need to know in our hearts how Jesus carries us. There's a, there's a tremendous scripture, and I'll just start at the end of my message, <laughs> where in Hebrews chapter 2 and in verse 11, it says, For both he who sanctifies and those who are being sanctified are all of one for which reason he is not ashamed to call them brethren, saying. Who's he talking about here? He's talking about Jesus, the one who sanctified us. He's not ashamed to call us what? Brethren. He's not ashamed to call us brethren, saying, I will declare your name to my brethren, and in the midst of the assembly I will sing praise to you. I like that. In other words, it looks like this to me as I read this. I will declare your name to my brethren in the midst of the assembly. I will sing praise to you. He's not ashamed to call us brethren. In other words, if Jesus walked into this room physically, he wouldn't be aiming for the pulpit. He wouldn't be aiming to lead the worship. He'd be aiming to sit next to you and to, to, to worship God with you. Because Jesus came to restore man not to himself but to his father. We have a heavenly father. And it, um, the scriptures talk about in 1 John 3, 1, talks about what manner of love the father has bestowed on us that we should be called the children of God. What manner of love the father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the children of God. Isn't that beautiful? And what does that reveal? Because I have a right to call myself a child of God, it reveals God's love for me. It puts a value on me. We, we, we put a value on the cross, and so we should. We put a value on Jesus' sacrifice, and so we should. But he put a, all of that was because he put a value on us. For God so loved who? The world. While we were yet sinners, while we were his enemies, he had this thing in his heart for us. He carries it. He carries it now, right now. He, ha he carries in his heart an incredible love for each one of us. And he calls us children, his children. You know, children to me are this big. <laughs> These are children. And each of us has to carry the heart of a child, not just the heart of a son, not just the heart of a minister, and not just the heart of a human being, but the heart of a child. Because God's declared us to be children. And he wants to speak to his children, and he wants to have a relationship with his children. Romans chapter 8, verse 15. Romans 8, verse 15. 
says, you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. You did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. Now, this is talking about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, yes, he directs us, yes, um, he empowers us, but here he whispers to us about our Father and how we relate to him. It is by the spirit of adoption we cry out, Abba, Father. Who gives us that unction? The Spirit of God. Who tells us that we're childlike? The Spirit of God. Who tells us to speak to God as a child? The Spirit of God. And it's the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. So he's always talking. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by what? Every word that proceeds forth from the mouth of God. I am a child of God. And it's interesting, I have a vocabulary in his presence and it's by that spirit we cry out, Abba, Father. Now this is an interesting term. It's a Greek term, it's not a Jewish term. It says that that phrase, it was forbidden for slaves to use that title when addressing the head of the family. It expresses the love and confident trust of an infant. Abba, Father. It is by the spirit that God wants us to get childlike in the presence of our Father. You just think about it. Um, back in Adam's day when humans are said to have lived eight, nine hundred years of age, here I am at 64, mate, I'm just a kid. <laughs> we just get older quicker. And we, we think we're more mature. We're children. We're children. We're God's children through Jesus Christ. He set his love on us and said, you're my kids. You're my family. Jesus only lived on this earth for 33 years. And he had a life outside of ministry. We don't read a lot about it, but he had a life. He was human. I'll talk a little about that in a minute. But the Spirit of God speaks to us of our identity, but he also speaks to us of our relationship and our inheritance. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God and if children, then heirs of God and listen to this, joint heirs with Christ. Come on, that's equality. He's not ashamed to call them what? His brethren. Oh, we put him up there and so we should but he's also down here. And he longs to worship his father, his Abba. And he comes in here into the midst of this assembly and brings us into a place of simplicity where we can hear his voice, where we can receive his instruction, where we just get wrapped up in the words that we are his children. And a good father looks after his children. And a good father speaks well over his children. A good father brings life to his children. And he releases the Spirit of God to work amongst his children by the words that you hear. By the preaching of the gospel of the good news. That you are a child of God. That you're an infant. That you can be childlike. You don't have to be this huge grown-up trying to relate to God on an equality and a maturity that you don't even possess. Come on, be a kid. Be a little kid. 
How much delight do you get when your kids come to you and just say the silliest little things, but they're childlike and it makes you laugh and you just love them? Dad, can I have my pocket money? You spent your pocket money. All right, well, okay, I've spent my pocket money. Okay, what about if I put the dishes away and I clean the kitchen bench and then I tidy up your car? Can I have some more pocket money, you know? And you just, you just think no, but you go yes because you love them. You want to bless them. That's, that's our father. We don't have to be so serious. We can enjoy life. We can enjoy church. We can enjoy the presence of God as children. So we are joint heirs with Christ. Well, that's an interesting fact. Jesus said it like this in John 16, 15. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore I said he will take of mine and declare it to you. What do kids normally say? They go, mine, don't touch, mine. Little children, you know, it's mine. But Jesus says the same thing. He says, it's mine. Now let's share. Let's share. All things that the Father has are mine. And he will take of mine and share it with you. You know why the Holy Spirit was poured out? The Holy Spirit was poured out not because the Father poured out the Holy Spirit on us, but because he gave the Holy Spirit to Jesus without measure, who poured his Spirit out on his church. Why? Because it was his. It was his inheritance and he shared. And the Spirit of God speaks to us of our identity, our inheritance, our relationship, the simplicity and beauty of being a child of God and to hear our Father's voice. And you won't hear your Father's voice preaching legalistic, old covenant stuff that was never for the church, that was only ever for Israel to prove that you can't beat sin based on any sort of laws. And for us, this new and this better covenant we actually come into relationship as children. And not only as children, but as his children, yearning to hear his voice. So it's mine. So he who sanctifies, which I read before in Hebrews, and those who are being sanctified are one. And this sanctification is a process. And I think last time I was here I talked about you could start your Christian walk here and you can finish and get into eternity, the other side of your life here and you're still the same person here as you were there. You've just, what, you've been in a process of sanctification. You've been working out what you already are in the process. And there's a good scripture that, that talks about that. Um, Colossians 3 verse 10 talks about how we have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge. We have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. What does that mean? It means we're becoming like Christ. We're becoming like Jesus. And this is a lifelong process. So if, if, if I start my Christian walk here, I'm a king, I'm a priest, I'm washed, I'm sanctified, I'm justified, I'm healed, I'm prosperous, I'm the head, I'm victorious, I'm, he always leads me in triumph. Right here, right at the moment, this is the moment. But from here to there is how I walk it out. And I have to have knowledge of it. A king's son, if he doesn't know he's a king's son, he won't act like a king's son. 
And if you don't know who you are, you won't act like who you are. So you are not who your behaviour suggests that you are. You are who God declares you to be. That's you. Right? And I can tell you about the life of Gideon. When the Lord appeared to Gideon in Judges chapter 6 and he said to him, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of valour. That's how God saw Gideon. How did Gideon see Gideon? (laughs) Gideon said, my father's house is the weakest family in our tribe and I am the least in my father's house. I am nothing. And God says, you are someone. And by knowledge and obedience, Gideon walked that out. And it's interesting, the last thing Gideon said about himself was they held up their pitchers around the innumerable number of um, Malachites, I think they were, Amalekites, or Midianites, Midianites. And they broke their pitchers and they all cried out at the same time, the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. What's Gideon saying? I'm someone. I am someone. And that's something we need to say. I am someone. I'm not a nothing. I'm not who my father said I was. I'm not who my mother, I'm not who my mates. I am who God says I am and I am his child and he speaks to me like a child. He doesn't speak to me like a slave. He doesn't treat me like a doormat. He lifts me up and we talk baby talk. <laughs> and he likes it. And we coo and we go and, he, and this, is, this is God. This is our father. Stop growing up too early. Be childlike, be unique. It's not that bad. It's wonderful. (laughs) And and see, grace covers it all. Grace covers your immaturity. (laughs) You're here by the grace of God. Stop trying to be who you already are or trying to become who you already are. You are that person. You are that child. You are that son. You are that righteous person. You have all the promises of yes. You don't have to work for one of them. They're all yes and amen in Christ. You are in Christ. You are in the beloved. You died with him. You were buried with him. You were raised with him. You're seated in him. He's just, he's, you've won him. I'm telling you, you've won him. You don't have to prove anything. He's yours. You got him. He just wants you as you are, and me. The goodness of God. It's the goodness of God that changes our behaviour. It's a revelation of his goodness. It's a revel- I mean, you know, if you know God loves you, if you, if you know this love, if this is embedded in your heart, you're not going to go out there and run amok. And if you do, there's a little bit of knowledge. You know, you just have to look at Romans chapter 6 where it talks about how we've been freed from the grip of sin. Once you know who you are, you will be that person. You'll just put him on. That's what the Bible says. Put on the new man. Put him on. So what do we put on today? Kitty stuff. (laughs) We put on being a child, being innocent, being clean, being fun. We've put on the new man who's renewed in knowledge. That word renewed means to cause, to grow up, 
to be changed into a new kind of life as opposed to a former corrupt state. This is a lifelong process. And then Ephesians 4.15 says, But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things to him who is the head, Christ. Who are we growing into? Christ. Who are we becoming like? Him who is our brethren. We're, we're his brethren. We're becoming like him. Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. Speaking of becoming like him. Gosh, that's gone fast. Philippians 2, 5 to 12. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Who are we becoming like? Him. Let this mind, let the mind that was in him be your mind. Let this mind be in you. Who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself. Let this mind be in you. Humble yourself. Humble yourself. And then it goes on to say how he, or to what point he humbled himself. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death on the cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him. Now, we look at the exalted Jesus, but I want you to see something here, that who he is, his responsibility that he now has is not a result of him being God, it's a result of his obedience as a man. Right? He is a high priest, he is our high priest. Well, who gave him that title? His father. His father delegated that to him. Who gave him the name that is above every name that is named? His father. And whose name did, is above every name? His earth name. Whose name is above every name? The earth name. Jesus. So he humbled himself as a man, became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and given him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, those in heaven and those on earth and those under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So he humbled himself to the point of death. And if you, you, you see that humility in the Garden of Eden where he sweat as it were great drops of blood. Why? Because he had a life that he enjoyed and that he loved and that was required for him to give it up. It wasn't just easy because he was God. It wasn't just easy because this was the plan. He enjoyed life. He loved people. And that life, to give that life up for our benefit, was, was not easy for him to do. But he humbled himself. And you know when he got the reward for his humility? After he rose again. After he died. And I can say this to us now, and many of us who have humbled ourselves, you won't know the benefit of that humility, not humiliation, but that humility till you get to the other side. And God is going to elevate you because of your humility. There's reward this side, yes there is, but the greater reward will be the other side, I guarantee you. Because we see it right here. Let this mind be in you. Understand that when you humble yourself, there's a benefit. You might not see it straight away, but it's coming and it's got your name on it. So, 
Much of what we see about Jesus is just the three years of ministry. But we had, he had 30 years. He had a foundation of 30 years of life that he had to walk away from. We're all sons of God. Got a couple of minutes. But we have to learn kingdom etiquette. There's a story called The Prince and the Pauper. It was a movie I watched when I was a kid. It was about a prince in the castle and a pauper on the street. They looked very similar. They were very close. They somehow, I can't remember it exactly, but they became friends and they decided it would be a great idea if they swapped roles. Well, the pauper could not come into the palace with pauper etiquette language. He had to learn the kingdom principles. And so it is with Jesus. Jesus, the prince, came down to our level, brought us, the paupers, into the palace and we have to learn palace etiquette. We have to learn how does a son live? How does a child relate to God? Who is this new man? What, what does he act like? What does he look like? He looks like Jesus. And then we see unfolding. We have to be washed with this for the spirit of God to do the work. But remember, he's always speaking to us about our identity He's always speaking to us about our inheritance. He's always speaking about righteousness. You are righteous. You don't have to become righteous. You are Christ Jesus in you. You're righteous. You're the righteousness of God in Christ. It's all good news. Happy days. Any children in the house this morning? (laughs) Thank you, Lord. Well, my time's up. And uh, yeah, 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 yeah. But let's, let's just pray. Let's just pray and commit, commit these hungry little hearts to be shaped by the Father, by the Holy Spirit, into the image that's been laid upon us this morning. Thank you, Heavenly Father, that you sent your Son who came and brought us home, that we can again hear the words of our Creator and how much you love us and how simple our hearts can be. Help us trust you as children, Father. And put on Christ, who loves his Father, who loves us and came and brought us home. And we're in your home, Father. We're not of this world. We're in it, but we're not of it. Help us understand the principles and the life that leads us into the everlasting arms of him who made us and for whom we were made. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. We trust that you've been encouraged by the message. Please consider leaving a review and subscribing to receive new content. For more information about Redeemer Coast, visit www.redeemercoast.com or find us on social media where our handles are at Redeemer Coast. Until next time.